Everybody. Hi. We are back. Was that your way of calming me down and making me relax before the show? Yeah. Uh, bad back things. to the future. I'm so stressed out right now. <laughs> well, I didn't know what else to uh, do for Y2K. Hold on. I'm going to fix my gain. Squeezer, talk to the people. Hi, everyone. He's going to fix his gain. And I'm going to talk hey, to you in hey the meantime. Now. Hey, hey now. There we go. Got it. I needed a nice. little gain on there. Uh, I was a little bit low, as they say. You sound good to me, sir. Well, you sound great, too. Uh, how was your Thanks. Christmas there, handsome? It was great. It, well, it was good. I cut my finger on a cheese knife. I didn't get a chance to tell you that, so it was kind of bad. You don't just tear hunks of it from the block? I do from time to time, <laughs> but sometimes you want to slice it thin, and it was one of those little cheap ones that come in like the like it's not cheap. I was like uh, the, the knife is cheap, but one of those. Um, what what am I talking about? The the stands that used to be in the mall. No, this is like it came with like a like a little cheese, uh, like one of those little marble trays, and has the little drawer that slides out with four little knives in there. Oh, that's and fancy. I was, cl- I was cleaning them off. And I didn't realize how it was the little straight one. And for some reason, it was not cut through this damn cheese. But when I went to clean it, like it slipped right through the washcloth, like right through it and right down to my finger, like along the the length of it. And it's kind of like flappy. And then I tore up a six pack the night after it was like healed and like just pulling it apart to save the whales. Mm. And it actually made it where I don't want to get too gruesome, but... uh, it it hurt my little finger. What what There's am I think, what blood. am I thinking of? Those things in the mall, the farm, something farms. Uh, Pepperidge Farm. No, do you get the summer sausage? Yeah, isn't that Pepperidge Farm? No, that's Pepperidge Farm makes the fucking goldfish. Yeah, they make everything. No, the 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 stand in the mall that you get the 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 gift sets from. I figured you know this in immediately. I'm looking at no, you. I... People are probably screaming. Those gift sets. Summer sausage gift sets. Summer... Googling with the rad sausage ears. and cheese gift sets. Uh, Hickory Farms. Hickory oh. Farms. Yeah, why didn't you say that? Good God. It's the same thing. Hickory pepperidge. <laughs> the fuck's a pepperidge anyway? It is a pepper a ridge that you can fall off of if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that would hurt. Uh, falling from a pepper ridge and cutting my finger on a cheese knife. That yeah. would. You know why it's called those? Those are called summer sausages. I actually learned this from the another podcast, the Purple Stuff podcast. Oh, yeah. Because they don't need to be refrigerated. They're good for the summer. 
what a time to be alive. Yeah, well, I think it dates back a few years, so. Yeah, I know. Since since then, pretty much. Mm, true. Like, since that day, like, it's been worth living. Uh, oh, yeah, and the kids had fun, so that's. Oh, good. But big story is, cut my finger. Oh, jeez. Well, um, ours was good, too. Uh, you know, we didn't really do much. We watched Wonder Woman 84. Um, uh-huh. There are some plot holes, Squeezer, but... There is a few. It's not as bad as a lot of people are saying. It was enjoyable. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad people enjoyed it. It had so many views. Yeah, a third got greenlit, which is good to see. Um, I yeah, hope... but I a think lot it's... of people didn't pay to see it because they were under the free trial. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm glad make more movies. That's great. I just, uh, um, just I think Jeff uh, Johns should should bow his head. I, they used the rebirth uh, cheetah, and I think they they could have used cheetah more in it. Uh, Maximilian Lord, um, or is it either Maxwell or Max? I forget. He 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 could be used way better than a, a schlucky '80s salesman. But Pedro Pascal yeah. did a good job. He was. I thought I thought they were awesome. Um, I just I think there there was a missed opportunity is the most I could say the worst thing I could say about the movie is a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, like like I said, the best way to sum it up is uh, it's a it feels like a DC movie. However, um, later in the night we watched Soul on Disney Plus, and that was how is it really good? I loved it. It doesn't pull at your heartstring. It's not. It's more. Oh, good. I can't take that right now. It's more. Uh, it's it's it, it's it's a thinker think piece more than a heart uh, piece. It gets at your brain more than your heart. Oh. Why? I can turn off my heart. That's easy. Yeah. No. No. This really. This this Just delves. Throw a couple summer sausages in there and it shuts the, down for a while. This delves into existentialism, squeezer, and our purpose oh, in life. Oh. And and Joe asked in honor of Soul, uh, being able to stream on Disney Plus, list my top five Pixar movies. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, I know my top five. I can go right now. Yeah, think about this. And no a particular order: Wally, uh, Coco, uh, Ratatouille. Um. I would say up and then soul. I'm leaving Toy Stories out of this because they're in their own realm, all four Toy Stories. Oh, okay. Well, I would. It could be Toy Story 1, 2, 3, 4, and then like yeah, Wally. Well, I would. Uh, I, I would, Three is my favorite. Um, But we did just watch four the other day, and I'm not going to lie, I still get. Like, you get misty at the end. You, I mean, no, you weep like a little whiny baby at the end of three four is but yeah even, four is funny I mean, like uh, uh key and peel are hysterical as bunny oh and i love it i i have a, a bunny and ducky i got mrs squeezer the uh, ornament last year she adores them they're fantastic uh, i i have the i got enchantress the pops last year yeah joe toy story three is my number one i, I can't leave them out toy of story list. three and, is great Oh, cars, uh, Joe. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I just have what? not heard good things. Cars. 
Oh, eh, it's I, it, it it's fun. It's fun. My problem is they they really flooded the market. Yeah. Uh, on them. Oh, I uh, I gotta put Incredibles in there. Oh, Incredibles. That's Incredibles Two is also great. But we're talking yeah. top five. Have you haven't seen Coco yet? No. I challenge you, Squeezer, to watch Coco, watch, and in the end, when the kids Coco singing, and and uh, remember me and soul back to back, and just yeah, Coco will make you cry at the end, and 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 um, uh, man, if you were to watch Coco like a two a year and a half ago, oh yeah. it's about remembering lost family members, Squeezer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah I, don't need to, I do that every. Yeah, it's God, it's gonna hit you in the feels, <sighs> and and then um and then uh, soul is gonna make you think about what your purpose is in life. Well, that's quick. <laughs> and Tina Fey is really she's funny, and Jamie Fox they're both really good in it. So okay, I I give it a thumbs up. I liked I I'd give uh, Wonder Woman a one thumbs up too. Listen. It, the first one was great. The third act of the first movie was kind of like meh, but the first and how many mo- thumbs? Ah, uh, ten. Homer's <laughs> a ten thumb scale. Okay. Like, yeah, I'll give it one thumb too. No, I would. I would. Uh, it was watchable. I, I, it was too long. I said that immediately. Whoa, to way too long. Too long. I was like, good god. Yet tonight we At watched. At one point, I actually stopped myself and go, "Has anything happened lately?" No. Like I actually turned to myself, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When we think of like these movies, and it's it's funny how you know I I love the Marvel movies, and you get a I, I grew up reading comic books, and you have a bond at the at Endgame, you cry with Tony Stark and Love You Three Thousand, but then you watch we watch Spirited Away tonight uh, from Studio Ghibli, and. Mm-hmm. The level that movie is on, and this is an animated movie squeezer, the level from Japan, um, mm-hmm. the level uh, uh, that movie's on, like, you know, we're like, Pixar movies are deep and make you think, but this movie, fuck man, is it, <laughs> is it, is it deep and dark too? Just like mm-hmm. my neighbor Totoro, um, I saw that, and it's like an allegory for the child dealing with her mom dying of cancer. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great time. Let me get my popcorn. Yeah, right. It's and, it, uh, I mean, Don Bluth did some shit back in the 80s, uh, but Studio Ghibli, too. Uh, Spirited yeah, everyone's just ripping off Five Old now. No, I'm Spirited Away is good, and so much that John Lasseter convinced Disney. Like, I remember how we saw commercials back in 2000 for Spirited Away from... from and Howl's Moving Castle. Speaking of Y2K, it's because mm-hmm. John Lasseter was like in love with this director, and he convinced Disney to help fund it to get the American release distribution rights. And it was in theaters here back in 2000. Um, but it, I, I, it, it is really good. I understand why they liked it so much. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 that. So, uh what else uh did you get anything good for Christmas, Squeezer? Uh oh, yes. I got a Fisher Price Little People's uh Warrior and Macho Man. Warrior and Macho Man. They're adorable. Mhm. Yeah. They are uh, pretty cool. Oh, oh, do you know who this uh, Brody Lee is, the wrestler who passed away? I, I wasn't aware. Yeah, of him. that was a major bummer. 
It's only 41. Yeah. Did they say why he did yet? I guess, uh, according to Jacob, he had some, like, lung issues. Hmm. Uh, not not uh, COVID-related, hmm. but he already had some respiratory issues, and I guess being a wrestler on top of that, and shit just went sideways. I mean, that's what I hear so far, but... Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was bummed. He was very entertaining dude nice guy from what you hear and read uh yeah it's a... and at the same time like that was like wasn't i boss man was 41 i think too when he passed right i want to say early <laughs> early 40s ray trailer yeah i don't know i think yeah i think he was like 41 maybe 45 or but uh yeah it was and now, like, when you're getting, like, as a kid, like, oh, man, well, at least you made it to 41, you know? Now it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, I can see that now, you know? So it's on that uh, Pixar level of uh, bummerism. Fuck yeah. Uh, we're, we're three years away, two years away, right? Up was 11 years ago? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. So, uh... Let's not talk about anything old today. Keeping with old, uh, X-Pac, Sean Waltman, is claiming he is cured of hepatitis C. Uh... Does that, ha- does that happen? Um... It was... He, he claims... Just this year, I hadn't mentioned it publicly. It costs a hundred thousand dollars for treatment. It's a thousand dollars a pill, one pill every day. I feel great. Where did he get that money? I don't know. Maybe he saved. I don't know. Uh... I, I I'm a huge Waltman fan. I loved One Two Three Kid. I loved X Pac. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he claims there's a comeback in the works. He's ready to get back in the ring. Well, good for him. Yeah. Um, and I read this article on comicbook.com that says Star Wars is better when the Jedi are just cameo characters. What do you think about that? Oh, is this the people bitching because Luke shows up? Or no, I, they're not no. bitching. No, no, he's saying. Oh, it, people were people. Plenty of people were. I try not to read the bitching anymore. I no, don't care. I know. I I don't know why I fall into it. I should be a happy. Uh, it depends what the story is. There's plenty of stories where they are great on the periphery. There's some stories where you don't need them at all. And then yeah, there are others where that it's you want to see all kinds of cool flipping around and uh, Jedi stuff. But I mean, some of the best you know Clone Wars ep- Clone Wars episodes are just like Rex and the Troopers and. Shit. Yeah, and then occasionally, you know, Obi Wan or Anakin or Ahsoka shows up, you know, the you know, take out a few baddies, you know, kind of like Luke did at the end of Mandalorian. Yeah, I, it's I don't disagree with that statement, but it's not a you know, it's not a one or the other kind of thing. Yeah, I don't so, know. So yeah, I'm as I'm as milk toast middle of the road on that as you can get. I think it's a matter of good story. Uh it doesn't matter if there's yes, a lightsaber yes. or a Jedi in it, and as long as you're telling a good story. Uh like I don't know the Star Wars, Clone Wars, or Rebels universe, but I still enjoy the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's that for seven seasons. Yeah, it's 
it's just the the lore just building on top of itself it's it took me a long time to start watching and when i did i'm 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 glad i did uh yeah so i don't know people are saying that i i don't know um if that's I don't, true or not uh, yeah i don't i don't disagree with it but i don't agree with it i should run for congress yeah, you're right up there with the politicians and the, the doublespeak, as they say. Um, I guess that's it. That's all the information I get. Oh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is still mad about Studio's forced ending. Let's read this. As, oh. as, it's from comicbook.com. As fans continue to watch recently released sequel Wonder Woman 84 on HBO Max in theaters, Director Patty Jenkins is still not happy with the ending to her original superhero film and the studio interference from Warner Brothers. Um, hmm. She was on What the F with Mark, F- uh, WTF with Mark F- Marin. Uh, hosted, uh, any Jenkins went into detail on requests made by Warner Brothers and one. Her biggest issue revolves around Aries' appearance, uh, played by actor David. Thew- oh, this is in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. That's well, why I just you have a th- problem with that end sequence. Third too, act, so. yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I wonder what they forced you to do in this next movie. Make Wonder Woman a giant pussy who uh, pines for sixty-six years over a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to set the bar high for those young ladies out there. <clears throat> yeah, right. All right, let's. <clears throat> sorry, let's get into it before I lose my voice. Yes, Joe, we'll be watching the Godfather at some point. This well, there's a new Godfather. I think it's a new re-edit of the Godfather Three. Yeah, I'm good. I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch one and two, or I'll watch the one and two. Though, what the hell is that? The not the director's cut, but the the saga. You know, in order. Um, but I actually don't mind the. Why? You know, why are we I watching like the, Godfather this week? What's the significance? It's just kind of tradition. It's usually always on. I I watch Godfather and I'll watch a little Honeymooners and some Twilight Zone, and I'm a happy boy. Oh yeah, Twilight Zone and Honeymooners. Uh, it's always a thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, uh, uh, and I might just watch some uh, Pix Eleven uh, interstitials in between, just to <laughs> for Honeymooners. Yeah. On WPIX, New York's movie station, we're showing old TV shows. <laughs> we can't both take a drink at the same time. My voice is gone. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah. Talk. Stop uh, doing Vince. These people don't like it when you do it too much. All right? You got to... Uh, who wants... What's the over-under? Um, yeah, what was I... What else I'm sorry. I I'm, back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I got my oh, thank God. Change me. What? what the over under. These people love Vince Squeezer. I don't want to hear. No, of you, of you, of you making it. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you're already losing it now, I believe in you. I believe in you. Some people don't. Hey, pal. Right uh, you're losing your voice. Are you gonna go out there and uh, oh, what a oh, what a maneuver! <laughs> look at him go. That's a, that's a smart idea. Yeah, look at him, Vince. Good God, he's beautiful. Oh, so fucking vascular. <laughs> what a big bastard. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
Guy has a cock of a monster. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. We're talking Y2K. Year 2000. Squeezer, would you like to go first? Um, sure. I because I think this kind of sets the tone for the entire. Well, I hope it doesn't because this is going to be a lame conversation. But it's got something to do with just the year itself. Here is Squeezers. Oh, I see why it was low. I just realized my board. All right, here's Squeezers first back. What are you? I'm so he speaks. What? Pageant of peace, season of hope, coming of the new millennium. Coming of the new millennium. Yes. Fine. Don't start. Is it fine? Did you guys done? Yeah. It's not the new millennium, but I'll just let it drop. It is. It is not the new millennium. The year 2000 is the last year of the millennium. It's not the first year of the next one. But the common sensibility, to quote Stephen Jay Gould. Stephen Jay Gould needs to look at a calendar. Gould says this is a largely unresolvable issue. Yes, it's tough to resolve, yes. You have to look at a calendar. And you got to ask yourself which is more exciting. Watching your car roll over from 99,999 to 100,000, or watching it go from 100 to 101. So technically, the millennium's still a year away. Yeah, but we've made all these plans. Is that uh, from that show you like? Yeah. Yeah, it took me uh, four years, but I think I finally got a West Wing clip in the show. Yeah, good job. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Would you believe that no. I would be, not necessarily a contrarian, because I was right in this case, but that I would like to just poke and prod to get people to argue with me over this fact and <laughs> to be obnoxious about it? You be obnoxious about something? <laughs> Like, I, I know something, and I'm right. smarter than you. And uh, I always went by uh, um, what Seinfeld said, Jerry said to Newman, which would make Air Party a year late and oh so lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I, I am. This is the the politician in me again. Technically, it's not the first year of the millennium. But it does look cooler. So I got to go along with the stepdad from Atomic Train um, versus uh, the guy that got ripped uh, versus Eddie, who got ripped in half by a T-Rex. So, you know, one person survived that move, their movie. The other person didn't. Mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, it is the whole concept of celebrating 2001 like it's a big thing. Um, did anyone have like a big 2001 party at that mm, point? Like, no, it was, no, I'm sure something, uh, there, no. something really bad happened three months prior. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that would have been yeah. nine months later. 2002. Yeah. Nine months later. Yeah. Yeah. Strike it from the record. Yeah. Strike. Struck in. Struck in. Thank you. Um, but at the same time, I'm that same person who will argue it over and over again. But at the same time, point out that it's just a calendar. Like, it, it's, it's all just made up to begin Sure, with. right. It First of all, nothing. we've only been using the damn thing for, like, 500 years. Okay. Less than that, actually. Do you know that? Uh, the Gregorian calendar was introduced in 1582. Oh. Yeah. I know Fun things. Fun little fact of the Rogers podcast. <laughs> I I know things. Mm -hmm. What's so, that? That 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 I know things. I don't know. Exactly. Oh. I don't know what those are. I just make things up. 
But you would be surprised how how many friends you make in high school when you try to argue with your friends about the millennium. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't want friends in high school. I'm like, hey, guys, it's it's 2000. All right. It's not the new millennium. So put the gold schlager and the rolling rock away. I don't want any of that ring baloney, you know. Mm, I don't believe that for one second. Wait until next year before I indulge in these delicacies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, don't believe it for one second. That I turned away Rolling Rock and Ring Baloney? Yes. <laughs> well, Rolling hey. Rock, yes, but Ring Baloney. Now, no. well, now, back then, I'm like, ooh, a delicacy. <laughs> yeah. With the Rolling oh, Rock? Oh, <laughs> the Rolling Rock. Oh, and the Goldschlager, too. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's what grown-ups drink, right? Grown-ups drink Goldschlager? I don't even know if they sell it anymore. Goldschlager. You know what? I don't know either. Uh, I guess Fireball I replaced it. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like, I don't uh, I don't go looking for it. Like, now I'll go and, like, oh, I'm going to look for a nice rye whiskey. Um, and, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to the... Although, I wonder what it tastes like. I bet you if they do sell it, you could get those little bottles. That's like behind the counter. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. You stick in your pocket. Sure. Uh, maybe I'll get one of those next time. A little uh, a shot. pocket. Um, little pocket Goldschlager. They'll they'll card me. It's like, sir, you're over twenty one. You don't need to buy this. Right. This is this is for the kids that come in. We give right. them this shit. Right. We card. If you have a valid ID, <laughs> we can't sell this to you, sir. But um, where were you going with this? Uh, nothing. I was able to. I I I got a West Wing clip in on the oh. show, and you were t- able to and kick the Y two K show off by talking about how we would debate over. I'm uh, not many people. It was more of a joke than a true debate. I mean, maybe uh, nednecks like you would would fight with people. I, over and, but I would I would fight. But at the end, like, and if they won out, like, I wouldn't care because. It wasn't the whole point. The point was just to be obnoxious and irritating <laughs> and amuse myself. Um, and also, when the whole show came up, uh, sadly, even though I have no con, uh, what's the word? Uh, content for said pick, uh, when I saw this on the schedule, this is the first thing that popped into my head was one, that clip, and two, me being a dick about it. Well, Squeezer. Yeah. Uh, we can move on to another person who was a dick about the millennium. His name was Dale Gribble. <laughs> Hank, found one. Now, hold on, Dale. I want to make sure it's Y2K compliant because Peggy's K-Pro evidently is not. K-Pro? That wasn't Y1K compliant. <laughs> All home computers are Y2K compliant now. But the mainframes... If people would spend a little less time worrying and a little more time reading a brilliantly written op-ed piece by former FCC Chairman Reed Hunt, then they'd realize that our government has everything under control. I'd like to read that article, Dale. And I'll take that computer. The gray one. Oh, shoot. Our system is down. I can't ring you up. Well, just write me out a receipt. Sir, the computer is down. I can't sell you a computer 
I can't check our inventory. I can't lock the front door. It's impossible to figure out the sales tax. It's 8%. Yes, and 8 is a key on the computer. Hmm. Ominous hey, music. Peggy. Mm-hmm. Where's Hi? Um, oh, God, this episode personifies the millennium, and I believe it it came out. Yes, it aired December 19th, 1999. So uh, they were, and they probably produced this back. Oh, sorry, Squeezer's not potted up. Squeezer, they probably produced I didn't say this anything, don't worry. months prior. So, uh, um, and and you know what? There's a few things I noticed when rewatching this episode. They're hoarding toilet paper. Mm, smart. So at, at any time, any anyone thinks, I guess that's like a litmus test that if, and not if the world's going to hell, but if people think the world's going to hell. Um. Toilet paper is the first thing to go. Uh, Do you think like leaves just disappear when the apocalypse happens? You're more like Chappie. That's Chappy is someone that Hank meets who uh, tack it. Chappie takes care of Chappie. I poop in the outhouse. I cook for myself. I made this cornbread with lard. I render myself. <laughs> mm. uh, so Hank thinks this whole Y2K is garbage, and it's actually a Christmas episode. And he wants to get Peggy a new system, a new computer. That's why 2K compliant, because whatever the fuck a K-Pro is, isn't. Uh, it, it gets into like a great backstory how Dale, who's usually a conspiracy theorist, believes that everything's going to be okay with Y2K when he's secretly hoarding uh, strawberry breakfast bars. Check. C- uh, cigarettes. Check. Two uh, 50-gallon barrels of carbonate CO2-pressured Mountain Dew. Check. <laughs> and then um, he's breeding gerbils for meat. And he comes down one day in his basement, and it's flooded with Mountain Dew. And he's like, my Dew! <laughs> and the, <laughs> how could you do this? The, the, the gerbil the, got loose and chewed through all his supplies. So all his, his binging, his hoarding, all his constant inoculations uh, for nothing. Um, and he starts panicking, and he, he gets Hank worried. So they start hoarding. And um, he gets Bob, They go, him and Bobby go to the store and they buy all the toilet paper. And it's Christmas morning. Um, and he gets Peggy a grandfather clock. Because, you know, you don't need electricity for, I don't know how a grandfather clock works. I think some sort of gravity works with it, right? Yeah, and momentum. Momentum. Yeah. yeah. So um, he gets our grandfather clock and he's like, well, we're the only people in the block who could tell the time. You'll be thanking me, I'll tell you what. Um, and she's like, fuck this. Uh, she, uh, he gets Luann, uh, one of those things that you, you roll your clothes through to dry them. Uh, like a washboard, not a washboard. That's what oh, like one of the ringer uh, things. A wrangler. Like the, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, a mangler. It's called a mangler. He gets her oh, a mangler. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, Look that up. Peggy gets fucking pissed and she's like, uh, Luann and I are going to your real Christmas gifts. So he go takes the uh, grandfather clock in to put some varnish on it in the garage, and he gets a little, little varnish eye going. <laughs> and he has a dream that he's in a whack-a-mole, um, and uh, he's trying to get all the other uh, moles not to go outside because he'll get whacked. <laughs> and then there's a ta- Tom Landry mole who tells him, it's okay to go outside. You might get whacked, but every once in a while you get to see the Cowboys game on the TV, and it's nice. 
because they're obviously in an arcade. And um, Bobby Mole's like hiding under the toilet paper and everything and acting like a baby. Uh, but he finally goes out and gets whacked. And uh, he wakes up from the, the uh, varnish high and uh, busts out and burns the clock in the toilet paper and um, gets Peggy a new uh, uh, blueberry Bondi Blue iMac. So Hank's spending that propane and propane accessory money on big ticket items in the year two. That was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Those were that was a high end item. So that mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's still one of my favorite episodes, and it says a lot about uh, the fever that gripped the America and possibly the world um, for what with Y two K. I know the, the title screen of this is that. Uh, Best Buy Y2K compliance sticker, which we'll get into Best Buy in a few in a minute. But I wanted to talk. I couldn't. I couldn't do the show without talking. Hellenium, uh, great episode, and I believe it's season Wikipedia. <laughs> Help me out here. Four. Season four. King of the Hill, Mister Squeezer. Yeah. Here's your next pick, sir. <laughs> huh? Hey, there's something you don't see in a toilet every day. Anybody lose their glasses? Last chance. Woohoo! The sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. That's a right triangle, you idiot! Go! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my obligatory uh, filler Simpson clip. Uh, it wouldn't be Open a it wouldn't be a rad years podcast without a King of the Hill and a Simpsons clip. No, absolutely not. And uh, this is from uh, Springfield uh, with the dollar sign or how I learned to stop worrying and learn to and love legalized gambling. Uh, this the, I call her Gambler. G- Gambler. Uh, I, I forgot our, our good friend of uh, friend uh, Jerry Cooney was in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, along with uh, Robert Goulet. Right. He was. He sang at Bart's Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, Larry Holmes also did an episode. Another uh, uh, friend of ours. Yes. Did an episode. And that was, of was, had sent said friend of the friend. And Jerry Cooney hit me once, so I I got that to testify, and it was playful, and it hurt. Um, he tapped me out. Really? Yeah, one of the uh, in Easton at one of the roasts. <laughs> Anywho, Homer finds um Henry Kissinger's glasses, and that that's the clip. Um, and there's nothing to do with the Simpsons, but there's everything to do with glasses because what's the most important part of New Year's Eve? Uh, alcohol. Yes. And those little hot dogs wrapped in puff pastry. We already have those. We have the alcohol and the little hot dogs wrapped in puff pastries ready to go. Uh, Unfortunately, we do not have the big fun novelty glasses, but maybe we'll make some. Well, not, you can't do it with 2021. Yeah, you can. They they butcher it. It's awful. 2020 was the perfect year for that to return. Well, yeah, um, and you have to offset them a bit. Two thousand is the year that is what they were designed for. Uh-huh. 
And that, that's actually, like, the truth. The guys that came up with it designed these glasses in 1990. Uh, it was uh, Richard Scalfini and Peter Cicero. It's the first shout-out on any podcast they've ever gotten. Pretty sure that's uh, from a Sopranos episode. So I don't know if this is even real. Polly Walnuts um, he goes by. <laughs> um, these two Seattle musicians uh, in 1999 were about to make it big. Um, okay. And it was from making these glasses. Uh, no, so they, they um, I don't know, they're just messing around doing their thing, and they took some wire, like this green wire, and bent them into a, a 19... Or they bent it into a 2000. Mm. And like, oh, that'd be cool. And like the year 2000, you make these glasses. And they're like, yeah, shit, that's 10 years out. Like, I'm going to forget this by then. Right. And the guy's like, ah, yeah, I bet you can make nines work. Mm-hmm. So they played around with it, bent, bit, bent it around, and made ones for 1991, which was, you know, the year after 1990. Sure. So, um, and it worked. So, like, you know, you look through the holes in the nines and they kind of droop down a little bit you know so it's kind of like you got little bag like bags under your eyes you know like like you would for you know after new year's um and they started they they spent like forty thousand dollars they had it was fifteen thousand dollars for like the mold alone like to take to get this mold made to then have these manufactured and they made like you know tens of thousands of them, and then they were just giving them like thousands to their friends to like package, and then go around and, like, hey, sell these for whatever. Uh, they would send them out to colleges, they'd send them to casinos, and then the casinos started buying them up, and then they sent them to Atlantic City in New York, and um, they started blowing up, and they it became like a thing, and people wanted these, and this was their 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 gig, and. They were so looking forward to the year 2000 because that's where, like, this whole thing, like, the idea came from. Mm-hmm. And it was 1997, and they looked at the cover of Time magazine, and there's these two young boys from Hong Kong celebrating, and they're talking about, uh, I guess, independence or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but these two young boys are wearing 1997 New Year's glasses. And they're like, ah, oh, shit. The knockoffs are coming. Oh yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't produce them. Like they didn't make those. And like theirs were like a high quality plastic. They were well made. Um, I mean, as well as you can make stupid glasses. Sure. Um. And uh, and despite the fact that they had, they had patents, they had a patent for this, and it's actually uh, patent number. Three three five one three four for novelty eyeglass frames. <laughs> the problem is, the companies that, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, holy shit! I just went uh, make the knockoffs. We'll say that they either have a ton of money so they can get the lawyers to crush these guys, or they just don't care. And just ignore all the suits and they, you know, do something shady, file whatever, and then move on. Yeah, and that's right. that. Or they're made in China overseas right. and the market gets flooded. And it got to the point where they were selling – these were going on sale for like 25, 50 cents on the street. Hey, Squeezer, uh, quick. We have to stop and pause for an ad. Visit radyears.com to buy your goon hat right now. It is definitely not a trademark infringement at all and it sells <laughs> – 
for this low price of nineteen ninety nine. Visit RadJerseys.com. All right, continue. Hey, are, are they at least? Is there at least two musicians out there from Seattle selling those hats legitly? Well, that would be my argument. If, if they made a no, don't go out and make a hat because then yeah, then we would be definitely. It's artistic license, right, sir? Sure. No, yeah. I, I, that's the first thing I'll go on to play. That. For, I'll, I'll say no one else. I created the logo and everything myself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a ripoff of the logo in the movie, but. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, continue, Scoozer. I'm sorry to break with the, the commentary. Oh, uh, no, no. It's, it, it was important because, you know, they, they are for sale, and we will ship them to you via stamps.com. <laughs> uh, so we're leading up to the year 2000, and I think they ended up selling like over 500,000 these glasses. Um, and but they they ended up after 2000, it it, it kind of hit them when they drove to the dump and dumped 40,000 glasses in the dump after New Year. So if if you want to bitch and moan about K cups are polluting the earth or your straws. Mm-hmm. How many straws make up New Year's Eve glasses that mm. they, they sold? So they sold like half a million of them, and that that was just them in the market that was already flooded with knockoffs in the year two thousand. Like there, you could have an entire private island in the Pacific of floating New Year's glasses. Fuck. And those Planet Fitness hats. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, those but... Planet Fitness hats. God <laughs> damn, those are. Ridiculous. Um, the, the the best part, the only upside to this New Year's is, I think I don't have to see Jenny McCarthy on TV. Oh, she's not going to be part of it this year. Are they going to do anything this year? They apparently are. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but she just can't go and start making out with random people on the street, though. You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you don't know that. All right, point. don't count your chickens um, before they hatch. Not one for science. Hmm. Um. And, right, uh, but yeah, at the same time, as long as they're not so, vaccinated, Squeezer, I think she'll make yeah, out with that's them. That's true. Um, uh, Mr. Cicero passed away uh, a few years ago, but what, Polly Walnuts. Saying, like, yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, Scalfini, they interviewed him, and like, look, he was kind of like pissed that you know things went down the way it did, but he looks back on it, and the cool thing is they're not bitter, and they look at it from, you know what, we made people happy. And I, I think New Year's glasses definitely uh, made me happy. That's going to that's gonna be us on this podcast when you're, like, 30 years from now. Well, Squeezer's dead, and there's a bunch of Chinese knockoff podcasts, but we made some people happy. <laughs> Why are you dead? Well, your robot Squeezer's taken over at that point, right? Because in the picture, I'm assuming the guy that's slightly shorter is me. So that's why... He's a little heavier. Uh, so. Just right. going by that. All right. So um, might as well. I got a good story about uh, the morning of uh, January 1st, 2001, Squeezer. And uh, a lot of people thought that uh, at midnight or at some point at midnight, the world was going to shut down, correct? Yeah. We hoped. We hoped. Uh, it did, did not come true. I was at a party at uh, my friend's house. It was a high school party. It was my senior year of high school. I graduated in the year 2000, and um, I smoked plenty of marijuana, and I did not drink any alcohol, though, believe it or not. I don't know. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
And I came home to uh, a very, uh, um, I don't know, a very somber household because my brother, my grandpa was hoarding food and buying guns, thinking that <laughs> the world was going to end. <laughs> my dad had an inkling of it. And my brother was sold on too. And then something happened in our, our area that involved... Oh, hold on, let me redo that. That involved... <laughs> so it was it was the morning on January 1st, 2000, and we were, t- we, were, we were literally in my kitchen joking about how nothing happened. Then all of a sudden, blackout. Everything went out. Like, <laughs> no seriously. Shit. Everything went out. Everything. And this was before cell phones, so, like, there was no, like, way to check and see anything. And my brother comes bolting up the stairs. It's happening! It's happening! (laughs) Freaking out. (laughs) He was so excited that the end of the world was (laughs) happening. (laughs) Uh, He's like, the the binging, the hoarding, the constant inoculations. Uh, Meanwhile, here's Mr. Common Cool today as I'm leaving, saying, hey, it's just TV. Don't worry about it. You got a podcast in the family. Yeah, yeah. Well, he I, I don't know. You could remind him of when he thought the world was ending. So uh, apparently a squirrel got uh, zapped in a substation, and that's what caused the power to go out. Just a pure coincidence. But there was a, a, a brief moment. I would say there was a good hour. Where my brother and my dad probably, and maybe a little bit of myself, my sister, and my mom thought, maybe the world is ending. (laughs) Because now when the power goes out, you pull out your cell phone and you're like, I mean, unless it's you and you have your your cell data turned off because you're a cheap wad. Well, you turn it on when you got to report your outage and you turn it back off. Yeah. Uh, But back then, there was nothing you could do. You you couldn't, like... Um, like the 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 problem when the substation goes out, the power to the the phone lines was dead too, because they're mm-hmm. they're powered through um little boxes on the phone on the on the the power lines. So if your house goes out and just your house, there's a chance you still might have phones. But if if the substation goes out, yeah, nothing. So we had no phone, no power, like nothing, no cable modem, nothing. And my seriously, my brother, I, I'm pretty sure he this is gonna be graphic, so mute your ears. He came in his pants. Yeah. He was so excited. Yeah, I can <laughs> now I could get into why how, how many how many people in your neighborhood do you think did the whole like uh, like montage of locking and loading, like they're strapping up their gear, they're clipping on all their web gear, backpack, loading shells into the shotgun because I guess you know they waited to load everything because you sure. have to do it to music, right? Um, and then you know holster the pistols, and then they're standing at the door, and all of a sudden the lights come back up, and you're like, fuck. Well, I'm gonna stop you right there, Squeezer, and let you know that I grew up in um. Uh, lower upper lower middle class neighborhood so there's a good chance that most people had their doors locked and their shotguns loaded just (laughs) because (laughs) you know hunting season was a month ago uh i went to a school that gave you off for the first day of hunting Mm -hmm. um that was a famous thing well yeah they they had to clear the way for 
which all was, the buses to get to your school. Which yeah, what's funny is like your school was practically in my school district, and the differences. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, like yeah. our our football field uh, is like, borders. I, I'm yeah, like like anyone that like is in a house on the other side of the football field and like watches that look out their window, like they're not gonna see their kid play. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are like urban society, and you look over and you see us farming yokels. Yeah, well, we're basically the mall. Like, we yeah, were, that's we pretty were much the it. Mall. Yeah, that the was mall. our that was our entire. Huh. That was um, the Whitehall area. Was the mall, and we were uh, acres and acres of farmland. Now it, they're turning it all into targets and uh, townhouses. But growing up, it was acres and acres of. It, it, it's a. It's a real chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like, what comes first? Do they build townhouses and then they build a target? Or do they go and build a target and like, oh, time to build some townhouses around it? I think it's a catch-up situation. They build a ton of Ah. townhouses, they build a target, then they build another target, and they're like, oh, shit, we need more townhouses to service this target. (laughs) So they build more townhouses and realize they don't have enough targets to service the townhouses and not to build another target. Realize they don't have enough, you know, it's it's a snake eating its tail situation. Yeah, and and this is how we become a completely like, like how the entire Earth's biomass. Which, by the way, did you read that we surpassed uh, Earth's biomass in man-made material this week? That's not good. No, but th- th- I don't know that, how that's that possible. Judge Dread point. How, how did we Judge Dread wait, wait, wait. mega city? So so we've mined the Earth of more than what it weighs. Is what you're saying? Uh, I that. I question that myself. I didn't put in the effort to read the article, so I can't tell you. Because um, I mean, unless it's meteors, I know what you mean. Because, we're not bringing outside the whole shit. Thing is like, it, it's not natural or whatever. Well, of course, it's because it's still made from the earth. Right. Like, the car is as natural as it gets because it's made of metal. Right. It comes from the ground. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Unless they have some, like a bunch of asteroids up there that they're not telling us about. <clears throat> yeah. All right, that was... Which I also read that they have 180 days to tell us whether or not there's aliens, but they just... Oh, yeah. What is that? Tell us. Uh, they, they slipped in <laughs> the COVID pill. Right, yeah. Um, but basically, they're like, oh, yeah, you have to come tell us. And what's going to happen is they're going to go, uh, yeah, there's nothing. But you know, I'm not going to fucking tell you because it's the whole point. Mm. Okay. Um, we can move on to Mr. Squeezer. Uh, your next pick. We're only oh, we're on your third pick. We're moving. We we get we're at a steady pace. An hour into the show. I, I got. I have some. I have some long clips today. So yeah. Okay. Enjoy. Squeeze your next pick. And check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Big shows will need a big king size bed, isn't he? <laughs> wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Millennium Clock. It's, it's the Millennium Jr.
Do you think ever in his career did he feel such like exhilaration than that moment? That has to be the biggest rush ever. That pop, that debut. That theme that, is amazing too. That Jim Johnson it's theme. It's amazing. It's per it, everything about it is perfection. Uh, it was executed perfectly. It it is one of my favorite intro songs. The the countdown, the pyro, the music, even and even just like the music alone. The king like going, it's the millennium. Oh. <laughs> He's like Mickey Mouse. And then Jared's uh, like, shout out to The goddamn millennium's coming. Yeah. Oh, hold your horses, people. Oh, damn. Uh, and J- and, and Vince is back saying, God damn. Ha, ha, ha. Get him out, music. Shut the fucking pyro. Oh, look at him. He's fucking glistening. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> That little ponytail coming up off the top of his head. More baby oil. Um, <sighs> <laughs> oh, he was oiled. Too. Oh, yeah. Hey, Vince, your arms look a little dry. So did Jericho's. You want me to lube them both up? <laughs> Johnny Ace, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, they couldn't wait. They they had to get him on. Um, so you, you couldn't, like, keep that clock going until, you know, the new year. So you, uh, you do it in August. It was August 9th of 99. Um, the height, and this was—I would say—the height of the Attitude Era. Yes, yeah, it is. The the rocks at his, not at his peak yet, but it's, that it's, it's Rock Austin at this point. You know, it's like right. I think I think at the end of the year we hit our high water mark, where the water crests, and and you know what. I have a soliloquy, but I'll save it for when you're done. Oh. Yeah. Are you... Do you need a guitar for that? I mean, if you could play a few bars underneath me, but okay, continue your, I... your, your story about Y2J. Um, I just remember that uh, the anticipation, there was a time where, and you would, I was still on, you know, you're, you're on the internet, so you could you could read spoilers, but it wasn't... I wish I remembered uh... the site I used to go to every week. I I was on the No Mercy forums. That was my that was I my hang. Mine. And it was originally it started as a site for the game, uh, for the game on sixty four and for creative wrestlers, and you would go there for that. But then the site just blew up and it became just a huge just wrestling forum. And I spent all day just talking to other people on there, and you you would just get hyped. And at the time though, I wasn't. A big Jericho mark. I knew Jericho really because I did not watch WCW. No one did. I knew a little bit of Jericho from what I saw from old ECW <clears throat> RF videotapes um, that I had or like friends had. So like some like occasionally some New Japan stuff or um, his like ECW from like ninety was it like ninety five I think when he was there. Um, and then he was in the 96. motherfucking Jim Cornette, fucking goddamn Smoky Mountain Wrestling, fucking Lance goddamn Storm, fucking goddamn blonde motherfuckers, double cheeseburger, order from Dairy Queen at 2 in the fucking morning. <laughs> well, I could go for Dairy Queen right now. Did you ever, That's the one thing I miss about moving back up this way. Did you ever see that recording where Corny goes fucking nuts at the Dairy Queen? <laughs> No. Oh my god. 
So it's like Jericho, Storm, Chris Candido, Sonny. They're they're on the road from a a show, Smoky Mountain. And they go, it's like 2 in the morning and they're at a Dairy Queen. They order all this fucking fast food. Like tons of cheeseburgers, tons of fries, tons of everything. And they go up and they're like, He's like, hey, where's my goddamn food? And I'm like, oh, you really wanted that? We thought you were joking. And Corny totally flipped. I'll fucking kill you. I'll come through this and fucking grab your throat, pull it out of your fucking head. What, you fucking retarded? God damn. He's just screaming at him. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, if you, t- you talk more, I'll find it. I think the people might want to hear right. that. Um, so, it, <laughs> so Jericho signed with them in June. He wrestled his last match in July for WCW. In the meantime, they're running these countdown promos, and you start getting whispers online about what it was, and like, oh, it's Jericho. I'm like, all right, cool. I I wasn't that. I was just I like clocks. I like counting down. And I like to be surprised, and I like big debuts. And I would argue this is amongst the the biggest. Like, oh yeah, the, the Big Show one was big, but like, that, that's good. You came through the floor, and you know, then they kind of. Jobbered him down a little bit and then brought him back up again. Uh, they really tried to pump up the Taz thing, which was cool. And then, like, oh, two weeks went by and they made him like the hardcore champion, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jericho one was just uh, the pomp and circumstance around it was great. And you forget how long ago this was because when you watch it, it's it's not the old Raw set, but it's that attitude era Raw set, just like the steel. Um, the trust and stuff, and it was so simple and clean. It looked great. It was so great. Hmm. The um, Titans now entering like the Titan Um, you ready to hear this Jim Cornette thing? Yeah, go ahead. You guys got like two months worth of footage now for the CCW. So it's Jimmy Del Rey, Jim Cornette, Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, Jarrah Benson, Ron Head. Two double cheeseburgers for extra cheese only, nothing else on them. Extra cheese, nothing else on them. We figured you'd have out already by the time we got up here. <laughs> Didn't know what. Didn't know whether to fix it or not. We wouldn't have ordered it if we didn't want it fixed. God damn. I'm a fucking idiot. This is a fucking comedy show. Does this look like a fucking comedy bus to you? You know what? He's out of the car. He's going to the window. <laughs> Here, we Here we go. Hey, we ordered the damn shit. Because we're hungry, not because we wanted to fuck around. So don't cuss me, you fucking ugly bitch. <laughs> what a rude gentleman. Uh, he's wearing his Zubaz and his fat ass guts tucked in with a wh- tight ass white t shirt into him. We order goddamn $30 worth of fucking food and sit here for 15 minutes and they don't even start fixing it till we get up here because they think we're fucking joking? We've been sitting here 15 minutes. They don't even start the order. Goddamn! And he still has them start the order. Yeah. Fucking little cunt. <laughs> Damn straight. So it goes on for like five more minutes. He's an insane person. But my soliloquy squeezer. Yes. So Hunter Thompson wrote uh, about the, uh, I guess the 
the, the swing in 60s or the, the age of enlightenment in the, the 60s. He says, strange memories on this nervous night in Las Vegas. Five years later, six, it seems like a lifetime or at least a main era, a kind of peak that never comes again. San Francisco in the middle 60s was a very special time and a place to be a part of. Maybe it meant something, maybe not in the long run, but no explanation, no mix of words or music or memories can touch the sense of knowing that you were there and alive in a corner of time in the world, whatever it meant. History is hard to know because of all the hired bullshit, but even without being sure of history, it seems entirely reasonable to think that every now and then the energy of a whole generation comes to a head in a long line flash for reasons that nobody really understands at the time, and which never explain, in retrospect, what actually happened. And then he goes on to say, um, to end the quote, and, and that, I think, was to handle a sense inevitable victory over forces of old and evil. Not in any mean or military sense. We didn't need that. Our energy would simply prevail. There was no point in fighting. Our sides are theirs. We had all the momentum. We were riding the crest of a high and beautiful wave. So now, less than five years later, you can go up on a steep hill in Las Vegas and look west. And with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high water mark, that place where the wave finally broke and rolled back. And that's how I think of the year 2000 as far as the rad years. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Did you write that yourself? No, that was Hunter Thompson. I know. No. Um, but what he was writing about the 60s, I think it fits in the 90s and 80s. The thing we feel such a big part of that no one mm -hmm. else cares about um, that meant so much to us in that time and place. I feel like the high watermark was the year 2000. That's kind of when it splashed and started rolling back. Don't you agree? Yeah. There's like a delineated yeah. line there. Pre-2000 and post. Like, Not that I, w I felt like an adult or even feel like an adult today. But after the year 2000, like I think of the 2000s as like my adult years. And I think of before that as not. And I think well, of those you as also random. graduated high school. That's true. And maybe that's just me. But I don't know. It, no, it, but I feel the same. I look at it, I think of it more of a technological point. Like, it was, like, you had the internet in the, in the 90s, but it in the 2000s is when it got really pervasive. And, like, it, it definitely changed the way you lived your life. Like, in 1998, you could still, like, you would still, like, know your friend's phone numbers or just walk to their house and knock on their door. Right. Five years later, you wouldn't be doing that. I don't know about five years, but it started happening. Yes, yeah. Live Journal, MySpace, Facebook, uh, Instagram, yeah. Snapchat. I mean, it all. Um, Amazon changed how we live. Mm -hmm. um, Apple alone. Apple. I, I think Apple is like, if you think about Apple, like if you think about two th the, the 2000s now, we're 21, 21 years in, Squeezer. Well, 20, mm -hmm. 20 years, specifically years. We, we live 20 years of the 2000s. What would be the biggest company of the 2000s? I would have to say Apple. They've changed everything. Yeah, yeah. 
if, when from a not just uh, economic, but from yeah, just and I don't want to hear those culturally, yes, bullshit fights because before the iPhone, there was no Google, Android, or anything. No, like no. before the iPod, it was it was all like there was MP3 players, but the iPod changed a lot of things. Yeah, I know, man, but I still like my SanDisk player. <laughs> Yeah, I, I my, uh, my first one was an RCA I, one that had a 28 megabyte uh, flash yep. card. I get like a yeah. six or seven songs on it. Yep, I remember mine. It would have like my my uh, my SanDisk one. It would run on like two double A's, and so it, you were like basically walking around like this big flashlight thing in your pocket. Yeah, with a cord coming out of it. Yeah, my parents uh, got me but- mine um, Christmas of 2000, so it was right before 2001. And it was an RCA, and it ran on a flash card that was 28 megabytes. So 13, 14 songs with the max. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it was it was massive. And now the, the phone I'm holding in my, my hand has 512 gigabytes. And our computers at work have 24 terabytes. But the phone yes. alone, like no one, people, people complain about you the You mean pri- this movie machine in my pocket? Yeah, right. Like I, I got Enchantress the iPhone 12 Pro for Christmas, and oh. it, and I bought her a laptop the year prior, and the the iPhone was way more expensive, and she was like, oh, I can't believe there's so much money. I'm like, but think about it. You use your phone. Well, I mean, aside from us who are on our computers like daily, like is mm-hmm. what we do. But like, use your. I still, as much as I'm on my computer, I still use my phone more than anything. The phone is the most imp- like personal, important thing in your life. And why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, like I'm, I'm working on something. I'm checking my mail on my phone. When I get home, like I don't. The only time I use this computer I have at home, right, is for this show. Yeah. So yeah, the the phone is a very personal, and and it's it's almost like your wallet or your keys. Like you can't. You know, I can forget my wallet. Yeah, I'm but you can't forget your phone. Yeah. And it's not a phone. We call it a phone, but no one it's, fucking it's talks on it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no. Um, it's your pocket fucking supercomputer. <laughs> that is an amazing it, piece of fucking technology if you think about well, it. You call you, you called me on my way home. I go, what the fuck is that? Yeah, right. I knew you were driving. That's uh, why. Yeah, I know. And that's, uh, you, you know when shit's going sideways when you call me. Um, but, well, I, I, and talking about your, your tide and your, your, uh, that, that, that line, I, I always thought like we have like kids that grew up in the eighties and uh, a little bit younger than us growing up to the nineties. And then like your later years being in the two thousands versus someone that grew up Maybe someone born in the mid '90s ish. Like we have more in common with someone that was born in the '20s, '30s, '40s, and '50s. Mm-hmm. M- more closer childhood experiences to them mm-hmm. than we do someone that is ten years older than us. Mm-hmm. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Because we never grew up with, I, I would at this point, it's probably like now it's at like that fifty-fifty split where, like I, I most of half my life was without this technology, and now half of it has been, 
you know, like my first 10 years, I was never on the internet. You know, so I, as a kid, I never, you know, never had, I didn't have a cell phone until I was probably a senior. I held off. I didn't want one. Like, that looks awful. Why do I want people to call me? I, yeah, um, I had a beeper. My dad got me a beeper. Um, a pager. I had the bubblegum one. Yeah, well, yeah, I had that too. But, um, yeah, that, so, sorry to get deep on y'all, but. Um, I thought you were specifically going to apply that Hunter S. Thompson quote to professional wrestling. No. <laughs> and and it was like the the Attitude Era and <laughs> the new generation and all that. No, but I feel like here. I feel like it, it applied to wrestling too. Like after oh, Vince absolutely. after Vince bought WCW, it was all downhill in my opinion. Uh I wouldn't say downhill but definitely plateaued. But I was a fan from, let's say, 88 to 2004. So, mm-hmm. 80, uh, 10, 11, 12, like 15 years. And then then I just, he bought, like in 2001, he bought WCW. And I'm all of a sudden, like, then he brand splits. And then I'm just not interested anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I would, yeah, I chalk up. There's a ton of reasons. Competition being a big one and... Also, just the number of the characters. Mm. You know, like, there, there's certain... USA. Like, characters wanted. <laughs> yes. Like, Hogan, Macho Man. Like, they, they were larger than life. Austin, Rock, they were larger than life. Um, and then, I mean, I guess your next thing would be, like, Cena, but... It almost felt like that was more manufactured, you know? Yes, sir. I got a really request for with, Paul uh, Heyman. And with all due respect. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to my next topic, the doctor says he loves my Paul Heyman more than Vince. May I allow you to volley this, sir? Y2J got his personality with me at ECW, sir. He became a king of hardcore there, Vince. And I allow you this volley, sir. Y2J... WWF champion, sir. <laughs> he was the first ever unified champion. He was a universal. Don't forget that. Universal. The uni- what, what, he, did they call it universal? He unified the belts and they called he it the, the, the universal, universal champion. Cha- then they called it the universal title. All right. Let us move on to my, what are we on? My, uh, third, my third pick, right? Um, all right, here it is, Squeezer. Here's my idea. Come talk to my school about technology. That most distinguished authority in the field of technology, the idea box. Thank you. The future of digital technology is here at Best Buy. With digital recordings on camcorders and mini discs. Ultra-thin laptops and soon HDTV will be the answer uh, to all uh, your... Excuse me, you're still gonna sell video games, right? You bet your joystick. The future of technology at Best Buy. Now that's a great idea. Oh, man. These computers, they were uh, having us worry about in the year 2000. Talk about, like, the phones in our pockets being um, supercomputers. Listen mm-hmm. to listen. Listen to this computer being sold. Uh, Black Friday, 1999. 
Y2K compliant. So they're selling a, a, a by the way, they're selling Game Boys, just a regular Game Boys, in all the six uh, Play It Loud colors for thirty nine ninety nine each. I wish I could go back and buy them all. Um, for that price now, too? You'd pay, pay more for that now. So, yeah, well, yeah. Now, this is a uh, real uh, blurry um, picture of a, of a Best Buy ad, but it's an AMD K6 processor at 200 megahertz, and it's selling for $999.99, about the price I paid for Enchantress's cell phone. So let's compare here. Oh, this is fun. A 2.1 gigabyte hard drive. <clears throat> a 14-inch uh, digital monitor. Um, 16 megabytes memory. Uh, 24X CD-ROM. Uh, 512K, I think it says... Pipeline burst cache, whatever that is, a twenty-two point six uh, modem. I can't read most of the stuff, but it's pretty much a piece of shit. Wait, they say sixteen gigs of memory? No, sixteen megabytes, Squeezer. Oh, oh, I'm like, wow, that's really impressive because that's twice than what I got right now. No, I sixteen gotta... megabytes. <laughs> okay, sixteen mega. Whew, I'm like, wow, that's a really that's a good price back then for that. They're also I'm selling two day specials, uh, VHSs of Christmas movies for six dollars each, a Sanyo twenty five inch stereo tube TV for two forty nine ninety nine, a five disc carousel CD player from Magnavox for eighty eight ninety nine, and a VHSC camcorder with color viewfinder from JVC for three hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. And they're selling film too. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So uh, hold on. Let me find us of some more flyers to look at. Uh, all right, this one's loading. Okay, here's a good one. This was 1994. Uh, a 486 DX2 50 megahertz multimedia computer package for a low price of $1,998 from Packard Bell. Remember that company? <laughs> yeah. You get 728 megabyte hard drive, 4 megabytes memory, 14 inch Super VGA, VGA non interlaced color monitor, 1 megabyte video memory, double speed CD ROM, a 16 bit stereo sound card. Remember sound cards? Telephone answering system, internal <laughs> fax modem, and a Canon bubble jet printer. They, there's tons of ads from 1999, 94. I'm trying to find some. I was trying to find like ones closer to the millennium. But you know, even like if you look at a uh, bus buy ad from five years ago, you're like, "What the fuck?" Um. So. I don't mean to be insulting, but I went. I went to go Google like Packard Bell to see what happened to them and who bought them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one did. They're still around. <laughs> oh. My bad. Sorry, guys. No offense. 
Um, you work at Packard Bell. No offense. But, uh, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're still you still exist in 2020. Um, unless Wikipedia, like <laughs> Wikipedia, just didn't bother to update you. But mm. um, but these were the good old days when your computer was uh, super. I, we had one of these, and you you get discs with Microsoft and Carta and the the no mm-hmm. internet and. CD boom boxes and film cameras. It's incredible. Like if you look at this flyer from 1994, even, and you know there's there's Disney movies on it. You you have that on your phone with Disney Plus. There's a television on it, your phone. A Walkman on it, your phone. The computer on it, it's your phone. Again, video games, movies, your phone. Music speakers, your phone. Um, video camera camcorders, your phone. Telephones. Your phone, fax machines, your phone, uh, portable pocket offices, your phone, like all these <laughs> products. There was the first soup until they get to the uh, home appliances. You know, all this stuff is now on your fucking pot in your pocket. Uh, there's a whole page of audio tuners, like like, and free installation. Oh yeah, that's because you can't money. you can't wire up your own, <laughs> own stereo. But like, we had we had a pretty big unit at home with You're big right, stack big speakers unit. and all that. <laughs> um, but even now, like, well, I can't blast shit because most of the time when I'm watching TV or a movie, it's late at night. So like, I just I put in, I turn the TV on, I put in my AirPods, and my TV automatically syncs up to it and just starts playing in my ears. Oh. And that yeah, was... like the, these massive systems, or like now, like you just get a little sound bar, and you're done. Yeah, my TV, or... I think, sounds fine. Like I'm, it's funny for someone that like is like involved in the process. I could, if you just slap down like a 720 little TV and some mediocre sound, I'm like eh, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I just want to see content. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but I just, I thought it was funny that the computers we were worried about being Y2K compliant were just not that uh, powerful. And, uh, speaking of the year 2000, Squeezer, your next bit. Well, the new year is upon us, Andy, so in my opinion, I think this is the most relevant time to look into the future. The future, Conan? (laughs) That's right, contractual friend. Let us all look to the future, all the way to the year 2000. The New York School Board will crack down on students who carry guns by insisting they use silencers while in the library. Writing on the success of Evita, producers hurry to release the life story of another prominent woman, Bubita, the trials and tribulations of Pamela Lee. You couldn't, get, uh, you couldn't get away with a joke in 
the year 2020. Yeah. The year 2020. Uh, well, it's um, it's very timely for one. Uh, the Pamela Lee, Pamela Anderson, uh, joke, of mm. course, and it's boobs. So of course we loved it. Mm-hmm. And also this was 1997. Also the show. That you can make a school gun joke in 1997. Oh, yes. And it's okay. One year prior to um, that not being okay anymore. Yeah, yeah. By two, by the year 2000, you were not making that joke anymore. Right. The, um, the funniest part about this bit was, Squeezer, that they kept doing it after the year 2000. That, I personally think, is when it was at its best. Yeah. It was after the fact and and no offense yeah. to andy richter because andy left the show in 2000 and then they had a special guest in my favorite being uh uh john lovitz i think was the best that's um, the ticket acting because because normal normally as it would go like conan with the last joke he would take a jab at the guest and then it would end it but him and Lovitz just went at each other just back and forth just shitting on each other what they um, did, I, I believe the first, enjoyable. the first of like ten tonight shows Conan got to do, uh, and they brought Andy Richter back. They did, yeah. They did yeah. do the gimmick, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and they actually went over the top. So originally, it was so. Um, originally, like the lights go out, uh, they put in like the these green little keys just to hit them, uh, like a, a little green light and then they would hold flashlights under their faces wearing like smocks or like little bulbs around their neck and it mm-hmm. was cheap they made fun of it and it was great because it's part of the gimmick it didn't need to be expensive and ridiculous and la Bamba would do the year 2000 yeah. thing and he would always break character either his voice would crack or he'd laugh at a joke or the fact that it wasn't taken seriously is what made it so great um and then when they went to the uh, Tonight Show version, they spent a ton of money on these costumes and stuff like that, and they made fun of them. And it, you have the money, and like I always go back to the Kevin Smith sheep thing, and it's like, hey, like, you make wasting the money is the joke. But the best part about the one with the Tonight, the one Tonight Show one was when they dropped it down. They actually dropped down from the ceiling, and it completely missed like La Bamba by like three feet. Mm-hmm. Like it like dropped all the way to his left. And he'd like step over and get into it. And that right there was funnier than any part of the entire bit was that. Because most of the year 2000 jokes, it they're just, they're throwaway <laughs> lines. You know, like if, if a lot of these jokes that they throw, put out there have no other place in the show. So they just created the context mm-hmm. for a bunch of throwaway lines that they had just written or wet, written around, uh, written down and just got out there it was a a a means to uh yes it it was you didn't need you didn't need a setup for the joke this was the setup this poor bastard and you know what's funny like i feel like the end of the end of the tonight like the the prestige of the tonight show died with them firing conan and i didn't watch jay leno i didn't watch johnny carson like i watched letterman Mm mm-hmm but, I watch Letterman and Conan. Yeah. yeah, I watch Letterman and Conan. Exactly. Yeah, I watch Letterman and Conan. So you watch Letterman, then you switch to NBC to watch Conan because no one wanted to watch Tom Steiner unless you needed to go to bed. 
I'm Tom Slider. We're going to talk about some things. <laughs> so you switched to Conan. And then they gave him The Tonight Show. And it was like, The Tonight Show. Holy shit, you're getting this like prestigious show. And then he left. And um, what's-his-name came back. And no one gave a shit. But now, like, because of YouTube primarily, like, I, like I, I said this to you before we had this conversation. No one really calls it the Tonight Show anymore. It's Fallon. Uh, Seth, did you watch Seth Meyers last night? Did you watch Fallon? Did you watch Jimmy Kimmel? No. You know, did, no you, I, did you watch Stephen I, Colbert? If if I flip through, I'll, I'll, I'll stop him. But by then, I'm at that point. By the time they come on, I watch a little TV. Usually, it's like eleven, eleven thirty. That's video. Game no, no, now. I'm not asking what you watch, Squeeze. I'm talking about now what people refer to it as. It's like not the Tonight. Oh, uh, you, no, but I'm just. The prestige oh, of the Tonight Show is no longer there. It's it's Fallon. Mm-hmm. It's and, and I I still watch Seth Meyers. Well, look, religiously. Look, look back to Back to the Future when Marty's in there and he's pulling the tube. It's like oh, we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. Yeah. You know they were watching the Honeymooners. Right. But there there was yeah I I um. Uh, yeah, it's, but uh, but it made sense when Conan got his TBS show. They just called it Conan. Because that's what yeah, everyone it called was, it, Conan. Yeah, it was, it was a smart move. Yeah, why not call it Conan? Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than it being on TBS, but um, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd like. I want to see what he does on on HBO. Um, yeah, it's weekly, right? Not nightly. I I think so. Yeah. I works for. I think it works for John Oliver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's his show called? We don't know. John Oliver. <laughs> And same uh, with, it, it, it's it, last it, week it, tonight. I get it. Joke last week tonight. Yeah, but it's but it's John Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's my here is my next pick. Okay, about this Millennium Spokescandy thing. How are people gonna know that MM is a Roman numeral for two thousand? Uh, we can put up billboards, boss, everywhere. I love billboards. I mean, we we in the corporate sense. <laughs> The year 2000, when everyone will use it as a marketing gimmick. <laughs> M&M's, okay, M&M is the Roman numeral for 2000. They dubbed themselves the official candy of the millennium. What does that mean? What's the official status? No, there's none. You just say it. <laughs> we could, Right now, Squeezer, I'm going to say we're the official podcast of the millennium. All right. Wait, wait, wait you mean 20, like this millennium or last mo- last one? The Millennium. Oh. The Millennium, Squeezer. What What does that mean? <laughs> it means that we are the official podcast of The Millennium. Hmm. And that's all you got to worry about. Okay. You don't have to worry your sweet little head about anything else. There was, you know how they release a Christmas Barbie every year? Yes. There was a Millennium Barbie. There was Millennials, which were Cheerios, but there was twos mixed in, so you could spell out the year two thousand with your Cheerios. There oh, that's w- adorable. There was a Millennium or a two thousand version of so much shit. There was, uh, uh, I think, a lot of people complained about Windows ME Squeezer Millennium Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm a Mac guy. I stopped using it around that time. Windows. Uh, I did not use. I I was one of those that stuck with XP because it worked fine. Was XP pre or post Millennium Edition? I 
I think it was pre. I think XP came out in 98 oh. or 99. Yeah, XP followed Windows 98. Because hmm. then Windows 2000 came out after XP. And no one wanted that. Uh, but there was like 2,000 versions of a lot of, of, a lot of crap. Uh, there was a Monopoly Millennium Edition. Uh, there was a Trivial, Trivial Pursuit Millennium Edition. Uh, it was a joke on a lot of things. The Millennium was a... a, a well, a, I'm full of shit. Windows XP dropped in 2001. That's what I thought, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, you, you, you skipped 2000. That's what it was. You went from 98 and you kind of just hung in there and then XP came out. Then you jumped to XP. Yeah, so Windows Millennium Edition... Um, was uh, basically a, a second edition of Windows 98. Which is probably the last version of Windows I use. I used XP for a bit uh, before mm-hmm. film school, but I then I got on I... Mac OS 10 and Mac OS 9 and Mac OS 10 primarily. And I've, I, I, I mean, honestly... I, I, wasn't mad at, I wasn't mad at XP. I have, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this to be snooty squeezer, have not used a Windows computer as like a, a, my everyday computer since 2001, since probably XP. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was the problem. So like I, I was down, I used XP, you know, I went 95, 98, the, I think we skipped 2000, went right to XP and then like Vista and then seven and like dealing with like. My parents and like my grandfather's computer. My grandfather was running Vista for years, <laughs> and same thing with like. He, then he was. Then I upgraded like to run seven for a little bit, but like, and he's on the phone and he's telling, asking me how do I get to here. I'm like, I don't know. I've been on Mac and I jumped on Mac in two thousand six after I graduated. I got my MacBook Pro, and then I went to. And that was the same yeah, one you was, had up until the iMac you have now. Up and up until up until the iMac I got, I ran that thing into the fucking ground. The battery exploded on it, and I I got my first. It still ran better than that PC that I built from scratch, so I can't complain. Um, hold on, let me see. G four. I got my first iMac. In early 2002, the G4 lampshade iMac that looked like a Pixar type thing. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite thing I've ever owned. It was the 15-inch model. No, I'm sorry, the 17-inch model, actually. Um, it was fucking incredible. Uh, I loved it. I, I wish I, I still had a computer that acted like it, even though, like, I know. It makes no sense to have a computer like that, but it was like a little dome that had the CD-ROM drive and the screen was on, attached to it, and it was just a beautiful computer. Uh, and that was my first um, Mac. And then hey, I got aesthetic. Aesthetics are important, you know. And then remember that commercial with Yao Ming and Mini Me for the Power Books with <laughs> the, when they introduced yeah. the seventeen-inch and the thir- the twelve-inch. I had the twelve-inch. Um, PowerBook. I got that in 2003. That was my first uh, MacBook or PowerBook, or as you say. 
the G4. And then I had the G5 iMac. I had a I had the first G5 G I had the first G4 or G5. I, I it was still a power PC processor Mac Mini. And I'm talking I'm going between work and personal. Um <clears throat> I had a the first Intel uh MacBooks, which are the plastic ones that were white and black. Mm-hmm. I had the 17 inch Intel one. Uh, God, I've had so many Macs. I, and then uh, the current iMac that I'm looking at right in front of me, I got in December. You were actually at my house when I got it. We we're doing, we we're live. I, the December 2012. Wow. Yeah. So eight years now. Go. Cool. Yeah, eight years. Uh, I'm ready. When they release the M1 processor iMac, I'm going to upgrade. Yeah, I'm just going to get a little RAM for this guy. I, I, you've been I'm saying that. I probably you've been saying Max. it on the, on the podcast for at least a year. <laughs> I'll get there. But once I realize that there are computers from 1999, I have more RAM in, in them than mine. <laughs> that was 1994, and it was megabytes. Yeah, But um, yeah, the Millennium. We're we're talking Apple. We got the whole computer thing. <laughs> Yeah, but we are. Well, that was integral to it. It absolutely was. But there was uh, the Millennium branding was uh, a big thing. And I think Millennials were the funniest thing. Yeah, clearly. But I I do want to know, like, who makes that decision from the Millennium that licenses, like, all right, uh, you just have to be the first one there, right? I don't even think you do. I think it's like. uh, Like, you just. Who is the the firstest. Whoever gets there, the firstest with the mostest. Firstest with the mostest. Okay. That's a Civil War quote. Firstest with the mostest? Yeah, I think that, I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, I guess. I'm going to Google that quick. I'm pretty sure I'm right. So back in May of this year, a concept artist released a, a proto... Like a... Uh, a a concept of a new Mac based on the G4 iMac. I'm going to send you this squeezer. Is this not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Like, I would buy this in a heartbeat if this was a new Mac. It's fucking beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Albanian, Italian, it- Apple fan, and 24-year-old designer... Zakamo Doda. It's only a matter of time before they put out the lampshades again. Like, hey, it's the retro version. Fuck, I'd buy that. In My first yeah. iMac, bring me back to 2002? Fuck, baby. Do it. Do it. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, hang on. Uh, I want to make sure I was right about this quote. Cause this, and this is fun. Um, uh, da, da, da. I can't find the quote per se. I thought uh, you had it. Nathan Bradford Forrest fought in Civil War. Oh, Forrest uh, Gump's relative. Army. Started uh, the KKK. Early member of the KKK. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, this is a. Uh, this guy's all full of fun. Goddamn. Damn. 
Did you read the story about the black hole that is changing the color of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy? Ooh, is it our black hole or another black hole? It's a black hole. <laughs> oh, just an- just another black hole. Just, yeah, just a discovery by an astrophysical journal from November 12th has a Polish Academy of Science, uh, Mikhail Zajarsak, noting the phenomenon. A supermassive black hole called Sagittarius A sits near the middle of the galaxy. That spot had been pumping out gas that literally siphoned off the layers of various stars in the Milky Way. Now, that may seem like a five-alarm problem, but there's nothing to be worried about right now. Uh, Two large bubbles of gamma-ray gas are not traveling much further than that immediate area. (laughs) Man, we could be making some incredible hulks up there. Ooh. I guess it's changing the color of stars. Maybe we'll send the Space Force up to look at it. The Guardians. Yes, the Guardians. Did did they just play a bunch of video games and decide this is how we're going to do shit? I still think it's a joke. <laughs> I, I like not like a, it, that's a joke. Like I think they're playing a joke on us, and then they're gonna be like, fooled you. <laughs> well, it's like I, I Lord Helmet. If, if anything, and they need people to enlist, it's gonna be mostly computer based, right? This whole this, your space force, like you're not gonna. It's not gonna be like Moonraker, where you're out there like jetting around shooting laser beams. No, it's gonna well, be who all knows? Maybe so, they know. And some... I just read an article oh, okay. saying that Army's gonna have trouble recruiting because kids are too fat nowadays. Yeah, well, that's true. Who knows what they know? I mean, they're and stuck in this bill. You tell me, they're gonna have to tell us what aliens exist in what 180 days. Yep. So they have six months to tell us. That aliens exist. Well, they ha- they have six months to not tell us that they're telling us that aliens don't exist. So maybe they know something. Maybe that's why they're making a space force. Like, who uh, maybe, gotta, but I an optimistic. If anything, I learned from the uh, Simpsons is that battles will be fought in space or perhaps on top of very tall mountains. But it will be done with robots, oh, and our no. duty is clear to build and maintain those robots. Here is your next pick. In dead of winter, at the stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2000, elevators may stop. Heat may vanish. Credit cards and ATMs may cease to function. Airplanes and trains may come to a halt. Telephones and televisions may not utter a sound. Water delivery systems may not deliver water for cooking, drinking, or bathing. Streetlights, stoplights, lights in buildings everywhere may flicker out. Hospitals, clinics, pharmacies may be unable to provide proper medical care. Banks and stock markets around the world may suffer some form of meltdown. And nuclear power plants may cease to generate the electricity we need for all aspects of our daily lives. That was a bait and switch right there. Oh yeah, what what the nuclear power plant thing? Yeah, yeah. You think, oh, they're gonna they're gonna melt down and level all of society. Yeah. No, 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 just oh, by the way, you could have just said coal plants. 
Yeah, right. Could have said solar arrays. And, and not not left anything. And not left a giant gap either. It was like a hook. Yeah. Nuclear oh. p- nuclear nuclear power plants. Might stop making electricity. Oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure rivers aren't going to stop flowing, so the Hoover Dam's just going to keep doing its thing. Right. Um, and dogs also, and cats will not get along. It yeah. won't be mass hysteria. Also, I want to point out, if if I may, if I may, you may. None of these things may not happen. If, if you listen to that countdown, every single thing that he says is, "This may happen." Sure. It's it, at no point do they say this is going to happen. The entire this is the Y2K Family Survival Guide uh, VHS video that went along with the book of the same name, hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Did he write the if book? You, uh, I don't know. Did he uh, did he sell stockpile like supplies? Uh, Leonard Nimoy, probably not. He was just, I, I doubt it. There are plenty of people in this show that probably did. Okay. Um, including one British guy that's like their go-to, uh, uh, survivalist that's going to teach you things, which basically all he says is they end up just listing a bunch of shit that you need. And if you have half a brain, you're like, all right, I'm going to need water. I'm going to need some food. Was Chappie in this? I'm going to need some batteries. What's that? Was Chappie in this? Uh, Chappie was not in this. I'm sorry. I don't use power tools. I crap in a shed. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be far off. Um, I like how they're like, you will need a uh, you need uh, a gallon of water a day for each person in your household. You should prepare for the next three months. So and. <laughs> It, you would have the equivalent, like, in my house with four people, I would have roughly, like, 400 gallons of water, <laughs> like, just in my basement. <laughs> um, but And that's just drinking water. Because then there's a whole other segment where they go into about how, like, every day you should just put a little bit aside. So, you know, as you get a glass of water, fill up a five-gallon jug and put it in the basement. Um as you every time you go flush the toilet, remind yourself go and fill up an extra garbage can full of water and put it in the basement because oh, and this is a good tip though. If your toilet doesn't flush, you know you can and like your water shut off, you know you can just go and get like if you have more water, you can fill the tank and it'll flush again because it's just gravity. Yeah. So the idea is have mass amounts of wastewater that you have a set aside that you can then use to flush your toilet. Um, Smart. Even though uh, FEMA suggests just line your toilet with a bag and use that, and then tie it shut. But the guy, tour bus style, the guy in the guy in the video, he's like, "That's terrible. You shouldn't do that because as those bags collect, they start to create disease." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm not just gonna leave it in the bathroom. Like I'm gonna put it in a trash can or throw it out back." Like, yeah, you take it out back it. and you whip it into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. That's how World War Three is gonna start. Is just people whipping shit bags at each other yeah, right. over the fence. That's how it's gonna go down. Why are you pissing um, in a bag? There's a bush right there. Do you have to throw yeah, it in my I, yard? It barely yeah, holds the piss. I can't throw it. At Leonard you. Nimoy told told me to use the bag, <laughs> and he said get rid of it. Um, all right. 
He's a fucking professional. What do you know? Did you watch the video? Did you, Glenn? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> you keep pissing in your bush, and I'll do my thing. Let's keep our things to ourselves, okay? God damn it. Uh, shit. I, I love this movie, this video. Um, This was, and Y2K Hysteria was at a peak. It was going to be the end of the world. Um, who knows? Your brother and your dad might have watched this. No, um, I don't think. I don't think if I asked my dad or brother right now who Leonard Nimoy was, they'd be able to answer that. Well, if, he, if, here's what's weird about if William this show. Shatner so hosted it. That's a different story. Bill Shatner, Rescue 911. You know, they knew who he was. Leonard Nimoy, though. Uh-uh. You mean the guy that wrote Tech War? Mm-hmm. My dad and brother didn't read books. <laughs> um. So th- th- this video is a work of art. Now, I don't want to go around and start giving notes to other producers of TV programs to tell them what to do. Uh, especially when you work, like, let's say for a candy company. <laughs> I'm, uh... I, I don't make candy, but I do marketing for a company that does makes candy. Here are my notes on how you're doing television wrong. <laughs> Take your Emmy and jam it down your pee hole. Next. <laughs> That's a different kind of show. Right. <laughs> you might have liked those notes. <laughs> uh, it comes to a head two hours in. Um, if you... <clears throat> this it, it can be a rough watch. This thing is all over the place. There's some... It's on YouTube. So just go on and search for the Y2K Family Survival Guide. And or like Leonard Nimoy, Y2K, it it'll pop up right away. The whole thing's on YouTube. It's an hour long. I watched the whole thing. I watched it more than once. I there's so much I'm supposed to be watching right now. Right. Like I got to go back and finish up the boys. Um, I want to watch the Expanse. It's so much good programming, and I watched the Leonard Nimoy Y2K Family Survival Guide video more than once. Yeah, what the fuck? And it's just, it's a gem. It's so good. It's a time capsule of one. Just bad TV to the hysteria. And it's just fun to watch. It's so ridiculous and so over the top. And it's so back and forth all over the place. It's the most wishy-washy thing since I started the show today talking about Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 20 minutes of the show, spoilers, the world is going to end and you are all going to die. And then Leonard Nimoy, the, the segment that I played you then, plays roughly 20 minutes in. And then the next 10 minutes is all those exact same people saying all those things mm-hmm. where you think, you, you it makes you realize, like, when people say those things on camera, they're prompted. They're asked questions, and they're asked to phrase it in a certain way. It's not just, <clears throat> hey, Y2K and go. No, they're, they're prompted. There's a script that they're someone is having them right for them. So the first 20 minutes it was probably the question was what is the absolute worst case scenario that could happen? It's not not what you think is going to happen, but let let's just say all hell absolutely breaks loose and all the systems collapse and Russia goes to war with us and what could happen? Oh well, you know, you could lose electricity. Mhm. And then cut to <clears throat> Leonard Nimoy is talking about what may happen. And then the next 10 minutes is all the people going, yeah, I really don't think anything's going to happen. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. 
It's literally that over and over again. Those same people just going, nah, nothing's going to... We might have an issue here or there, but... You think um, they shot it, and it was like 20 minutes, and they're like, all right, this is great. Let's send it to the lawyer. Let's send it to legal and see what happens. Legal came back and said, this is great. Let's stretch it to an hour, and then every 10 minutes, you have to say that this is a lie and everything's going to be fine. But you're good. You're good. You could air this. I <laughs> I got the sense that they did that they had to put in the words. They had to keep it from being a complete panic piece. Mm. Um, that was a fun and in that. that you, you get through that. And the same guy who's talking about the banks collapsing and all that, they cut to him later. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't take my money out. It'll be fine. You know, just keep your receipts. I don't even and keep my receipts now. Crazy. Then they get some crazy-ass British SAS guy that runs his own, like, survival company. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that is storing his own feces that one day he might liquefy them in the sun to drain the water out of his feces from five years earlier to drink that water just because it's a possibility. Um, it's what we'll do on Mars folks. Um, and then he's the one with all the tips about saving, basically just filling your house with 500 gallons of water. Oh, that was the best part though. You see all these people, they fill up all these Gallons and gallons of water. Gallons. All these bags and bags, food and buckets of food and all this chip. And then the the trash cans and the 55-gallon drums. And every time they do one of these things, they they cut to the same shot of them walking out and putting it into their little, like, uh, 8x8 aluminum shed that everyone had back in, like, the Mm, 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... That shed at that point, that far into the show, had to have been, they had to have just been stairs to go down to a bunker. Okay. Because it's a warehouse full of supplies that this one person has been putting in a shed throughout the entire show. Um, but I'm, at the same time, I'm a Boy Scout, so be prepared. Be prepared. I was oh. a Boy Scout at the time, and I was as oh. ill prepared as could possibly be imagined. I'm like, eh, it'll be fine. And you know what? Okay. At, uh, how old was I in 2000? What, 17? I'm like, if shit goes down, I'm dead. I got, mm-hmm. I can start a little fire. So what I'm, what's going to happen is I'm going to starve to death next to a smoldering little pile of twigs. That's you're, how it's going to go you, down. You were 16, by the way. I was 17. In 2000? Oh, yeah, because I would have been 17 in the... Uh, the summer oh gotcha yeah that summer yeah yeah so all right um let's move on to my last pick and wrap up the year 2000 this isn't like a year 2000 retrospective episode this is just a y2k episode kind of so yeah here's my last pick made randy you have no idea how it was back in the genesis days we couldn't think couldn't adjust look what you got my receivers couldn't do that and our defense sucked. you'll never get beat by the same whack play over and That's over it. you better appreciate what you got junior hey let me go i think ojimbo got a hold of a bad taco hey, i'm a legend nfl 2k on sega dreamcast it's thinking it's thinking that was asmr before asmr <laughs> uh, that was Jim McMahon bitching to uh, Randy Moss about being a Genesis. Ah, uh, that's why I even Google it and I see him on the cover. 
Randy Moss. Yep. Uh, the the yeah, you know why I love this this game. But this game was uh, this was a change in how uh, NFL uh, sports games. I mean, 2K Studios still exists, but the Sega Dreamcast uh, 2K sports games were like a game changer squeezer. To not yeah. make a cliche, um, they were so freaking awesome. And this game, I, I remember, I was at KB Toy Stores for the launch of the Dreamcast, which was nine nine ninety nine. And I wish I got a commission on how many Dreamcasts I sold because I convinced people with no knowledge of the thing whatsoever to buy this thing because I wanted one. <laughs> but I, I did play it. I actually did have knowledge. My friend Joe got one from Japan and he'd come over and we play House of the Dead and like Crazy Taxi and shit on it. Like I, I had so I would I would I sold so many Dreamcasts like we were sold out of pre-orders and we got an award for the best store in all the country for uh, I'm pretty sure the country. Mm, yes, for we sold more pre-orders than any, any other KB's toy store in the country. Oh, look at you. Uh Sega Dreamcast, I think. We or we sold them the quickest. I can't exactly remember what it was. But they sent us something. And then they they sent us the, we got our demo unit before anybody else too. So I used to just be behind the register playing the Sonic game all the fucking time and the snowboarding game. It was so much fucking fun. Um, I was at KB Toy Store. So like, and then they, that was like the beginning of branding everything 2K and uh, Y2K. And um, uh, EA Sports did it too. But the 2K, and I guess it's not that big of a thing because it would be like, they call it like 99 you know, ninety uh, Madden ninety six, NHL ninety six, but then it was Madden two thousand and NHL two thousand. You know what I mean? It was an mm. NHL double zero, and I guess it makes sense. But I just wanted to bring up how Dreamcast uh, still survives when you play a two K game. NBA is like the big one. It's still going. Yeah, it's still going. When you play two, there's a lot two K game studios. Is a, <laughs> NBA two K twenty one is a game, right? But there's other games two K makes. Are they owned by Rockstar? Uh, well, Take Two. Take Two. Yeah, so Take Two is the Take Two owns Two K, which also owns Rockstar. Um, they're, they're like they're the uh, the the software company that owns the publishers. So, and it all started with Sega making these Two K. They were they were uh, licensed by Sega, or, and they make Bioshock, Borderlands. They make oh, oh they, yeah, they're they make the WWE every, games. Everything they have is fucking gold. XCOM, no, yeah, okay. Well, maybe not WWE2K, but yeah. And, and it all started with um, THQ to make my games. <laughs> it all started with Sega. 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 Making these 2K sports games, which were amazing. Do you remember NFL 2K? Um, no, I never played uh, 2K because I was probably playing on Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. No, because I was playing uh, my buddy at Blitz. Uh, we played so NFL we were doing, 2K. We were doing steroids and powerbombing each other. All day, every day. I had Blitz for 64, which wasn't as good, but... NFL 2K was the shit. It was really fun. 
I, mean, I didn't have a lot of football games. I had like an early Madden and then a couple NCAA games and uh Yeah, no, I, my my favorite football game is still football for in television. So I guess it all started as visual concepts. They developed the games for Sega. And they worked on um Madden's and EA sports games and they spun off. And then they did NBA, NFL, NHL, 2K for Dreamcast. And then it just they were acquired by Take-Two Interactive in 2004, a deal between Sega and Take-Two. Yeah, I miss... I was never big in the... Like, I liked hockey games. Mm-hmm. And then and then they made those too complicated. I, I, I think I just got... They actually outgrew me. That's when I realized I was getting old. It's like, I can't play hockey games anymore because now I got a deke with the right joystick and I just can't do that. I bought... A PSP at on its uh, launch date. Well, mm-hmm. I, I went to Walmart at midnight, um, March of two thousand five, March twenty fourth, two thousand five, and got a PSP. And the first game I bought was the NBA game for it, which I think it was made by Sony. And it came. It, my the version I bought came with Spider Man on the like their DVD system. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by the PSP when it came out. It was, there, you know, like even though, oh yeah, it followed you everywhere. You were all over with that. Like, look at this. Right. I remember I had that. I was one of the first people to hack it with the emulator and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, fuck. And then I got Dudish to buy one, and we'd sit there doing like that old school teleprompter and be playing our PSP. Yeah, literally, literally putting pieces of paper on a conveyor belt yeah. under a camera. And- Ah, good times. The year 2000, Squeezer. Y2K. We survived. Uh, Did we? Oh, we're still here. I had to do something for Joe. He asked, before the night is over, can I do Tom Snyder interviewing Snagglepuss about the Y2K? Welcome to uh, Later with Tom Snyder. I am here with uh, Mr. Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss, what do you think will happen in the year 2000? Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd, Tom. I think that if everything goes wrong, I'm going to exit stage left or right even. I don't even know. Well, Mr. Snagglepuss, uh, what about uh, your, let's just say, significant other? What are you insinuating? I'm just saying I don't know if you have a wife or whatever. Are you insinuating that I am a homosexual? Uh, I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm just, uh, just saying that uh, it could have be a possibility. This is the year 2000, sir. I am not ready to come out of the closet yet. <laughs> uh, so that's you're, you're telling us you are in the closet, Mr. Snugglebus. Heavens to Megatron. Exit stage left or right even. Goodbye. I'm assuming that's how it would go down. <laughs> It's a big top now. No one would care. Near 2020, no one would care. But near 2000, that probably was the topic on people's minds. If Snagglepuss appeared on Tom Snyder, 
And oh, big con- oh, yes, Joe. Big congrats to our our close, wonderful friends, sweet, sweet Western Pennsylvania, Brian and Autumn. Uh, yeah, aw. They got engaged over the holiday season. They're a great couple, and we wish them the best. And Squeezer's going to officiate their wedding. And I will send. Uh, a- I got to get my mountain climbing gear. And I will send a gift. <laughs> uh, Got to cross those Appalachians, you know. Oh yes, yes, Ooh, yes. Get your uh, mule, get your mules ready to uh, carry you on the way. Joe, thanks for the reminder. Brian and Autumn, you guys are awesome. Congrats on them getting engaged, and thank you all for listening, Squeezer. We uh, we made it through. Yeah. This is our last show our... of 2020. We survived. What a weird we year! We did a for lot show of too. shows this year, huh? We we did um, the quarantine shows, if you remember those, where every day Squeezer and I did about an hour of content. You know, uh, well, I mean, we, we turned on YouTube and we watched something and talked about something else for an hour. Yeah, uh, and we, there was a few of those shows. We did full-on movie watch-alongs. There was a point... Before we realized that was we not going to work. Yeah, the, it, we, we made it through those... Remember when they told us this was only going to be two weeks to flatten the curve? Yeah, two weeks. Uh, all right, we could watch a movie a day for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, right. And then it was like, oh, this is going to be for the rest of your lives. <laughs> so we did it till July, Squeezer. We went from... Wait, was it really that long? We went from basically March? mid-March till July... Uh, yeah, well, we're two Damn. two hours plus in, Sean. My God, I, I, my voice is dying. <laughs> the Vince, the Vince voice kills it. <laughs> oh, good God. Um, but yeah, we uh, we uh, we with a weird 2020. But it was it, the fact that you guys were here with us made it so much better, and we can't yeah, wait. It's a completely, it's a completely different show. Than where we were uh, a year ago, not really Better completely or... different. No, but it's... It, it is. I think it is. I yeah. think it is. Okay. Doing it where we end up doing it live for better or worse. I think it. I, I think it's better. It's more... I, I, It's better. No, it's better. It keeps us. It keeps us on a schedule. Ten thirty Wednesdays. Yeah. And that, uh, that's the big. Yeah. Out of all. This. Yeah, and then and, and, uh, yeah, it keeps us honest. So we get the show done every week. And 2021, uh, we don't have much of the year planned, and uh, but we're gonna make sure it's a fucking fun year because you guys are awesome, and we do this for your guys. I'm not, I, you know, we're getting people asking us. I mean, now people are starting to stop because they realize I don't answer them. But <laughs> not adding commercials. We're not gonna sell out anytime soon. We're not gonna, uh, you know, I sold some merch, but it was merch you guys asked me to make, and I sold it basically at a loss. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're not going to shove merch down your throat or any garbage. It's just if I make anything pretty much in the future, I'm just probably going to give it to you guys for free. Cause... I would feel guilty if people paid money to hear a right. scammer on about nonsense. Yeah, uh, or, or paid for garbage. Give us money that we don't need for junk. I don't know. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not. We're never going to be that podcast. Um, Successful? Sure. Well, I think we are <laughs> successful because you and I have fun doing I think it. So. so yeah, we have we're having fun doing this, that, and that's what it's all about. That makes it a success. Because you know, if if you, they say if if you have fun going to work, uh, you won't spend a single day of your life working. And since 
August 13th, 2019. That's been the truth at work. And since November something, 2016, <laughs> that's been the case with this podcast. Yeah. So let's keep it up, Squeezer. 2021 is going to be a fun year. It's an arbitrary thing because we just created, you know, calendars as a time to manage our <laughs> own selves. But, you know, but for the sake of the rad years, I understand how that kind of plays a part in it. So I'll play along. Sean and all you guys, we love you too. And Joe, I Time think is cyclical. we're definitely going to make new shirts. And I think I'm going to make um, a shirt with me getting uh, butt raped. A lot more XLs. Right. I'm definitely going to make um, a shirt of the, the graphic with me getting butt raped by Vince. Uh, why not, right? That, that handsome choreographic? Yeah, yep. That's too great to not be on a shirt. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many possible copyright infringements that you have to. Right, and it definitely looks like I'm getting ass right by Vincent Mann. <laughs> While clutching my bed, buddy. And, and especially since it's a, uh, uh, well, is it, is he technically a Disney property? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because Disney but owns under, Marvel with Comics. With Sony license, right? Well, for the movie, but the comics and the, the image movie, and everything else and the merchandise Disney. and the, the likeness is owned by Disney, yes. Yeah, so, Okay. Yeah. You think Disney would even, they'd, they'd send like a dozen lawyers and they go, hey, get one of those Sony guys too. We'll go fuck with this guy. Yeah. No, it's a parody. It's like Mad Magazine. They can't do anything. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. No, it's, ador- it's adorable. It plus, is. we're like, plus, where are they going to come after? Yeah, right. My net zero profit on Radier's it's like, hey, media LLC. Right. We'll give you guys a shirt. Yeah. You want to have some pins? Smalls? They go in the no. dark. All right, we'll be back next year with more shows. Oh, it's a next year joke. Ah, happy new year, everybody. I'm RK. Happy new year. I'm Squeezer. Ah, a fucking rad year's meetup, fam. 2021 is going to happen for sure. I guarantee it. I'm RK. He's Squeezer. We love you. Happy new year. Hitting the post. Bye.